Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Hebrews and the 11th chapter. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost sent unto us. Thank you for an eternal word. Thank you for the church, the body of Christ. Thank you for this precious assembly. Thank you for this faithful pastor, this dear shepherd. Lord God, thank you for this beloved flock. Thank you for the brethren, the preachers that have come from afar to support the gospel ministry. Our Lord, we thank you that we all should have been in hell tonight. But here we sit in heavenly places. Father, God, sanctifies. Lord, let us gain easy access into those inner chambers tonight and all this week. Lord, flush and purge out of us. Lord God, all that comes from sin, that comes from flesh, that comes from man, all that comes from pride and from self. Lord, may this meeting, may we be quickly become invisible to each other and see only the Lord Jesus. Forget where we're at. Forget who we're sitting by. And be so caught up with the Lord Jesus. I pray you'd help us in these hours. We love you and thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. And all the Lord's people said. Hebrews chapter 11. Last year, we I didn't realize it was working out this way until I saw it, but we preached on Isaac last year. and Now this year, with the Lord willing, we'll be preaching on Jacob. In Hebrews 11, 21, now I've got me a stopwatch here. It's my cell phone. I got one of the last remaining flip phones in America. I refuse to go Android, Blackberry, Raspberry, or anything. Just now figured out how to stopwatch. This will go good for y'all unless somebody calls me or texts me. And then it stops the whole thing and I have to start my sermon all over. Because I get confused about where I'm at. Don't nobody text me or call me now during the service. And pray nobody else does from the outside world. There's still people that know me that ain't figured out I'm in church every night. And they'll, yeah, so you pray. <laughs> I gave some of them a burden. They ain't prayed for the meeting yet. But right now, they're starting to pray. <laughs> I want you to read with me in Hebrews 11, verse 21. The Bible says, By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I don't have a good title. I never can think of titles. But I have a good text. As long as we got the bread in front of us, it don't really matter what you call it, is it? And if there's, I don't know, a hundred people in here tonight, the Holy Ghost is fixing to preach a hundred different sermons anyhow. I'm the only one that will go home thinking about what I preached. That will help us preachers. We get discouraged, don't we? 
after every sermon, usually, the devil said, you shouldn't have said that, and you forgot to say this, and oh, if you'd have skipped that part. And... But you're the only one that remembers what you preached. Because this is God's business. And the, and the people without ears ain't going to hear no how. Only, Revelation 2 and 3. Only those that have ears to hear in the last days are going to hear. And they're hearing what the Spirit saith unto the church. And the Lord is speaking to preach a hundred different sermons in this place. So I'm going to enjoy the one I hear. <laughs> Woo! Ain't nothing like being in His presence. Nothing better than having that liberty. <laughs> Brother Sam, last time we was together. <laughs> Brother Sam leaned over and took whiz. We can't tell you where he was, but. Oh, it was rough. I'd have paid a thousand dollars for about two ounces of what we got here tonight. Just two ounces, just a teaspoon. Sam leaned over and told Big, said he ain't popping no happy bubbles today. <laughs> we didn't even open, we didn't even open up the little bubble jar, did we? Verse 21 tells us how, how to worship while you die. And if the scriptures are true, and we know they are, then our life is but a vapor. And in just a minute, we're going to be at death's door. I'd like to know how to leave this world, wouldn't you? I'd like to be able to leave right. He is a worshiping. That'd be a good way to go. Worshiping. I got in an old liberal Southern Baptist church the other day, but some strange way I felt so good in my spirit. And there were some precious people in there. They couldn't help the tradition of religion. And, the, and I knew the Holy Ghost stirred in me. He's going to do something. I called a friend of mine and said, the worst church, best revival of the year. <laughs> Only God does. He does whatever He wants to. We ended up going several, several days, and I don't hardly ever do that. God saved several, and that meeting's still going on. And while I was in that meeting, I, I took a minute, and I, I don't remember, got off on a rabbit and Talked about the gods that we were. Everybody's got number three in the back windshield of their car. These NASCAR gods that we worship. Turned out the treasurer, deacon, Sunday school teacher, and the fellow who gives the announcements. Had <laughs> a big old number three. As fate would have it. And uh, he loved me enough to get over it. And he come up and talked to me afterward. And he said, he said, I was there in the pit crew box, the pit box. I don't know the story. I don't know how he got up there. But he was with the pit, the chief crew for Dale Earnhardt Sr. the day he died. Smashed into that wall and died. And he told me, he said, I got his autograph that morning. He could put that on eBay and pay all of his bills. The autograph of the day of. And he said, I was wearing the earphone, heard everything the man said all day. And he said, I heard his last words. He said, I heard the last word he said when he slammed into that wall. And I can't say that in church, preacher. I wouldn't even say it out in the yard. He took God's name in vain. Cursed God's name and then hit that wall and went into eternity. Sometimes living the Christian life can be a little rough, but don't you worry about the living part. The leaving part is so good. I said the leaving part is so good, the living part. You'll forget about all the rough, the trials and the suffering. I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Here was a man, the Bible said that, and this intrigues me. And I'm kind of, if the Lord leads me this way, this way, we're kind of going to go backwards. I'm going to start at his death and then work my way on back through his life and end up at the beginning. 
That's just the way that God's arranged it in my heart. And we're seeing him die. And I got a little announcement for you. You better get ready to die, because we're all going to die. And if the Lord comes back, and I believe he will, I don't believe he's going to on May 21st, <laughs> but I believe he's going to sometime. Pretty soon. And this year, this 400th year is pretty intriguing. It's pretty intriguing. I was listening to Joe Parsons preaching in the early 60s. <clears throat> he said, you watch that 400 year mark. This is 2011. 1611. He said the last time that God gave a revealed word in Malachi is 400 years later than Jesus came. He said we've had a word given unto us and the devil's been fighting it ever since. 400 years. It's 400 years they waited and then Moses was a deliverer, a Messiah came. 400 years in the judges. Just watch that 400. I do believe Matthew 24, we are that generation that will not pass away. We're all leaving this world. And I want to leave. I want to be able to leave right. I'd like to worship while I'm a dying. Now, one of you fellas that mind works better than mine, help me with the title right here. He was leaning while he was leaving. Now, I know you can say it better than I say I, I, I'm too white. A black preacher could say this real good. But he was leaning. This was a leaning man while he was a leaving man. Mm. I do feel like if I had an organ or a drum to back me up, I might could have said it better. But y'all are as pasty white as I am, and you're just sitting there. I don't know what to do with you. He was leaning. Of course, God had broke him. God had broke him that night. Leaning. So I have these thoughts. There's five of them right here. If nobody texts or calls, y'all be out here in a little while. I want you to underline the word faith. By faith, Jacob, underline the word faith, and I want to say, number one, he had a word to lean on while he is a dying. <clears throat> That's what faith is. Faith is believing what you heard God say. I need y'all to help me now. I know I said that, like, but it was well thought out. The definition of faith. Faith is hearing and believing God. That's what it is. Faith ain't got anything to do with you getting over cancer or you getting the Cadillac. Don't you believe these televangelists, these charismatic? If you got enough faith, you can get better. If you ain't got enough faith, you got to be hogwash and buzzard puke. In the words of one of my mentors. Amen. By faith. Faith comes when God lets you hear His Word. And if you believe it, you'll obey it. If you believe it, you will obey it. We ain't talking about living perfect. We're talking about I heard Him and I believed Him. And my works show that I got faith. (laughs) Every one of these boys had faith. Verse 4, by faith Abel. Hey, you reckon he offered that blood sacrifice? He had heard that God said, this is how you approach God when it's time to approach God. By faith, Enoch. How do you think he walked with God and preached God? He had done heard God and believed God, and he would not listen to the wicked world he is living in. By faith, Noah, he's in verse 7, built a boat the size of four football fields on a planet where it never had rain. Yeah, you're going out on a limb there. He heard God. He believed God. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham... When he was called, he heard, and he believed, and he obeyed. And Jacob had a covenant sworn to him. I need y'all to, I ain't, ain't going to teach Sunday school. Y'all got to act like you've already read the Bible. He had a covenant sworn to him. And it was repeated. He had a word that he believed. 
And honey, he is down there at the crossing between two worlds. And by faith, he just worshiped. He had a word to lean on while he's a dying. He had a word sworn. I'm going to preach so the white comes off some of you. He had a word sworn to him. And so do I. You better believe I'm operating under a covenant. Maybe only three of you have read the book of Hebrews or you're scared to let us know you have. Honey, chapter 12, verse 24, said Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Chapter 13 and verse 20 said the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Chapter 8 said it was a better covenant with better promises. Chapter 6 said it was a sworn covenant. When he could swear by no other, he swore by himself. When he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. I got a word I'm leaning on. Hallelujah. Woo! Hebrews, I believe Paul wrote it, don't matter who wrote it, the Holy Ghost wrote the Bible. And Hebrews is some of that difficult and hard to understand business. They that are unlearned and unstable. Not ignorant because they couldn't help it, ignorant because they ain't applied themselves. If you're unlearned and unstable in the faith, there's no excuse for it. It's because you're too lazy or too in love with this world to seek out the things of God. I need y'all to help me. See, if I had a drum and an organ, I wouldn't get so mean. Does everyone know? That's the only thing white people respond to. <laughs> and the book of Hebrews, and everybody, every charismatic Pentecostal ever tried to get somebody to lose their salvation, went to Hebrews 6 to do it. That's not too smart if you really want them to think that they can lose it. Because that hypothetical business he put in verse 4, you, if you don't get them confused on that, you better be careful. They might read the rest of that chapter. Y'all don't know what's in Hebrews 6? You suppose There's an anchor over there. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, entereth into that within the veil. Wherein God, willing to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, He confirmed it by an oath, and He thought that would be an end of all strife. You read Hebrews 6, the word full assurance is over there. You can know that you know that you know that you know. That you've been born again, and God has given you a word that He has sworn by. And He signified it and sealed it by the blood of His own Son. He swore that word over the grave of His own Son. Jacob was leaning on a covenant. God done swore to him. What is? And I got news for you. He has sworn to me. Hebrews 6, after he presented that hypothetical, and all he's saying in Hebrews 6, if you could lose it, you couldn't ever get it back. That's what Hebrews 6 said. I ain't never heard none of them preach it that way. The ones who preach are losing it. Somehow or another, you can get it back every evening or every Sunday or something. But Hebrews 6 said, of course, it's a hypothetical that never would be. But he said, if you could. Lose it. You never would get it again. It'd be impossible to renew you again into repentance. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Hallelujah. He had a word to lean on. And so do I. And I'm going to go on record tonight for my generation. For all the young preachers and all the young Christians living in this dark, demonic, apostate, lawless, liberal outfit of an hour that we're living in, I want to go on record as saying this is a King James Bible. And there's not one mistake in it. There's not one error in it. 
There ain't one Greek word that should have said something else. There ain't one Hebrew phrase that should have meant something else. There's not one jot, not one tittle. I've got a book. I've got a word. It's eternal. It quickens and it saves and it's real and it's alive. And you can lean on it while you die. Ain't that amazing? This crowd, I, I done figured them out. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. On one hand, they want to drive by here tonight with all their humanistic, atheistic, uh, New Age spirit, put their thumbs in their spinders and thumb their nose at God, declare that they're a God, or a tree's a God, or a turtle's God. Worship and serve the creature more than the Creator. And they want to ride by a little white building like this with a bunch of shouting saints. Singing the songs of Zion. Couldn't have got no better. Ooh-wee. Woo! If I wasn't four pounds too heavy, I'd have run somewhere a while ago. And that's just in my chin. Amen. They want to ride by here and, and, and say that we're weak-minded, ignorant, backwoods, hayseed hicks. And that we're absolutely ought to be in a straitjacket for coming in here and believing the crazy things we believe. To believe that there's a God out there. To believe that a virgin had a baby without a man ever touching her or coming there. To believe that Jesus was here and He was the Son of God. And He was buried. And He did get up on day number after day three. Got up out of the grave. And the rapture. Oh, they have fun making fun of They have a good time making fun of the rapture. They can't quit making fun of it. They're afraid of it. It's on their mind. It's in every third Hollywood movie. And it's in every third media commentary. They can't quit making fun of the rapture. Because we done told them with a confidence that they don't understand. He's coming again. And He will get us. And he will, and He's got a place prepared for us. And we're leaving out of here. Adios. And they're going to say... That we're weak-minded and ignorant. And then turn around and say that our book is so smart they can't understand it. Yeah, it's too, it's too, they just can't, they got to revise it and water it down. Well, now hold on, we can't be that dumb and that smart. We get our book. We understand. We're real done, but our book's so smart that they can't, they can't, they have to water it down, revise it, and re- rewrite it. I got news for you. Little children that can't read, and old people that can't remember their name, can quote that Bible. That's eternal. And if that capital W lives in you, if that Word lives in you, that capital W Word lives in you, that Word will be alive to you. I want my leaving to be right. My grandma, my daddy's mama, got that Alzheimer's now, she's 83. Carried them four youngins out of a drunkard's home and you, and the, the stories are nightmares. I've had to learn them. I've had to learn the stories from other people. Daddy won't, still won't talk about it. When you've about killed your own daddy, and your own daddy's about killed your mom, and find out there's a whole other family on the other side of the mountain, and you got half brothers and half sisters, and, and have to about kill your daddy to get him off killing your little brother. And I got news for you. Satan's the biggest liar. That this world's ever seen. He can get you to drink and get you to doping, young people. That thing will take you to a world you never knew existed. I sat down with my daddy's younger brother and he began to tell me things. And see, my daddy's that eldest brother and he's too hurtful to him. He, he won't even talk about it. That bottle and that dope. Yes. Satan will offer you a little bit of heaven, but it's actually a whole lot of hell. And my grandma worked them 16-hour, Brother Richard, them 16-hour shifts, walked the dirt roads and worked in them cotton factories. Had to sleep in the woods out behind the Dogwood Baptist Church and tell the kids, tell the four youngins, one of them, my daddy, 
get them dressed the best she could for fear their life couldn't go around all them drunks over the weekend. It was too dangerous. Folks, Norman Rockwell's America wasn't quite on target with everything. In them good old days, there's a lot of heathen able to get away with a lot of things in them woods. And she'd get them dressed and tell them, don't tell nobody we've stayed out here over the weekend. You act like we come from the house. And she'd walk them through that woods like they've come from the house. She took them in there and set them down at that altar and gave them to God. That's all a little country woman knew to do. Amen. Amen. And I'm preaching in America's Georgia tonight because a little woman had more God than, than Satan had more hell. Satan had that much hell for her, but she had that much God. Had a little more God than he had hell. I wish I'd get a witness in here. There's six Magnus kids in full-time gospel ministry around the world. Been around the world carrying the gospel. Because that grandma carried some youngins. She carried a Bible. She carried a faith. She carried a prayer. Wouldn't quit. I'm going to say something here that I probably shouldn't even say. I don't mean to cause confusion. He finally left her in his bath. And she never would marry. I know divorce has touched many of us. And I'm glad God can pick up the broken pieces and put it back together. God can give you a new life. God can give you a new start. But Grandma was really old school. (laughs) She just said, I'll just... Stay with Jesus. Amen. Bill Monroe. Who's who's the other picker that picked with old Bill Monroe? Lester Flat, Earl Scruggs, Bill Monroe. Bill Monroe proposed to her on the front porch. She's beautiful. Quarter Cherokee Indian. Had that black raven hair and dark skin. Bill Monroe proposed to her. All that money in Nashville. She said, I stay with Jesus. The sheriff come up there of the whole county, big nice house. He proposed to her. She said, I'm going to stay with Jesus. And I'm living in houses that I didn't build. Eating out of vineyards that I didn't plant. Plucking off of olive trees that I didn't. Now, if, if that last four minutes is too much meat, I'm sorry. But Grandma did something with Jesus, for Jesus. And God will watch you. And in one moment of deep sacrifice, He'll just absolutely roll out the red carpet for three generations. Amen. He'll do it for your seed and your offspring and their children. Amen. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. That's where Jacob was. His Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham said, Yes, Lord. And Sarah you poor ladies, you just have to believe us Abrahams. She said, okay. Did a little laughing behind the tent. <laughs> I've got her there. 90-year-old woman going to have a what? <laughs> the Lord poked his head around the carrot. I see you laughing. <laughs> I didn't laugh. <laughs> okay. And got in the New Testament and God bragged on Sarah. Yeah. Said she's strong in faith. Right. Giving glory to God. Ain't so glad he sees things different. She laughed in his face. But he got over in that New Testament. Said she was strong in faith. I'm meandering just a little bit, but I'm enjoying it. Do you know the New Testament don't contain one recorded sin of an Old Testament saint? Not one. You get in that New Testament and yet and God don't talk about the sins. <laughs> there ain't one Old Testament saint sin recorded in the New Testament. Amen. He won't talk about Moses being a murderer. He won't talk about David being an adulterer. He won't talk about Abraham being a lying coward when they got in a bad neighborhood and let this somebody take off with his wife. Call him the father of the faith. And she laughed, but he got over in the New Testament and said she was strong in faith. And I ain't going to argue with him. I'm going to say, I bet she was. 
before he smacks me. What about that? Had a word. Had a word to lean on. And so do I. Amen. Let me say a little something right here for all the church kids that grew up in church and not wrestle with the doubts about your salvation. If it's bothering you about whether you're saved or not, I'm pretty sure you are. If it's bothering you, pretty sure you are. It don't bother lost people. No devil won't let it bother. If you go year after year and season after season, spell after spell, having doubting fits, I'm pretty sure you're in. Lost men don't wrestle with it. <laughs> Not if you got one ounce of sincerity in your I've come to him. That's all he ever said to do. And he don't care how you feel about it, he's sworn a word. He that cometh to me. I will in no wise cast out. Amen. I studied in Revelation, the second coming this morning early, about 3.30. Seen them last three comes there at the end. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And whosoever will, let him come. And, and let him come and take the water of life freely. Amen. And a word to lean on. I'm taking my time on this first point, but I want to say something. Honey, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, the dead letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The Holy Ghost make that word real to you. He'll make that word real to you. He'll make that word real to you. He had a word to lean on. And then underline that word dying. When he was a dying, leaving this body, leaving this world, I want to say this. The reason he could worship, because he had another world he was leaning on. Now, I'm sorry, sometimes I enjoy my own preaching. And this is one of those times. He had another world he's leaning on. Y'all remember Genesis 28? That night he was a running. Done pulled that con on his brother, and his daddy was angry, and his brother going to kill him, and his mama, who uh, hatched the plot, said, Now you got to flee. <laughs> mama, you didn't tell me that before. She said, you got to flee. <laughs> And that night he took off running. And you remember back there in Genesis 28. Laid down that night with a stone for his pillow and a staff for his possessions. That's all he had. He had a stick in his hand and a stone for a pillow. And God dropped a ladder. God opened up the glory world and dropped a ladder down. Saw angels ascending and descending. And he named that place Bethel, the house of God. I've seen the Lord. I just want to stop and say I'm so glad for the night that God dropped a ladder in front of me. And that's Jesus. He's the way. He's the way. There's one mediator between God and men. That's one of them Old Testament pictures. That ladder. I'm so glad God dropped a ladder and put a Bethel in my life. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm glad for the night that ladder fell down in front of me. Heavenly transactions, heavenly business. The Lord God speaking from the top of it. Oh, glory to God. That ladder ever fell in front of you? I tell you what it done. It connected him to another world. That's why I like Bethel. I like the house of God. I've told folk. I've told a man coming down the road today. I talked to preachers all day long on that phone, and I, where are you heading? Now I'm not. Uh, this is not no boasting on nobody's flesh. It really not. It's just the truth, and it's for y'all, but more for him. I said, I'm going to one of the best meetings I get to go to all year. Amen. I said, there's a punch drunk crazy preacher down there. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man, wild as a three winged bat. Amen. I said, a little white building. I said, there have been some great suffering and great sacrifice, Calvary. It ain't just preached, it's been tasted. I said, he's got a son that God just poured his blessings on. For a price that's been paid back young. And I said, he's got half. I said, that old crazy preacher. I said, he got half a dozen old wore out grizzly friends. (laughs) I said, he's got a half a dozen old... 
wore out old timey grizzly friends. And I said, I said, we'll gather up in that little wooden white building down in South Georgia. And they'll come off them red clay roads. And I said, it's a place where Bethel's been allowed to be Bethel. That ladder swinging. I almost had a fellow from Alabama four hours away talked into coming. <laughs> he said, I think I'm coming. I said, come on. It's a place where... You're the grizzly. He's wore out, but you're grizzly. Grizzly. I said, it's a, what church is supposed to be. That ladder's hanging there. There ain't many places God dropped that ladder. It'll connect you to another world. And I'll tell you what makes church wonderful is when Bethel, one Puritan writer I read behind said, Bethel is where two worlds come together. Earth and eternity meet in one place. And it becomes a sacred place where men build altars and pour oil and make promises to God. Because God's already made a promise to them. Amen. It's Bethel, where two worlds meet. Brother Sam, Brother David, there's some of us raised in this thing. We got a great mantle and a great responsibility. God wouldn't be mad if you just quit everything and come out here and went all the way. <laughs> You're like my brother Chad. God ain't called him, but he's a doing it. Yeah, God ain't gonna get mad at you. <laughs> he won't. He'll be like, okay, come on. <laughs> We've been raised under that ladder. Been in a place where two worlds come together. This old boy back here, December the. Tenth. Did I get it right? Huh? I can't remember my cousin's names. You ought to feel very special, sir. You ought to give me an offering a little bigger than the rest of people do. And your wife ought to cook something and bring it to me. Really, y'all should. That'd be great. Old December the tenth back there. Son, you better be glad God hauled you out of the doping. Doping devil world where people cut each other and cuss each other and kill each other and hurt each other. Let you, God brought you to place and hung that ladder down in front. And you crossed over into another world. You better be glad there's a man of God that's paid a price and paved a road. Where that ladder can just dangle here. The sinners come by. Get a glimpse into that world. That precious grandmother of mine got that Alzheimer's. All she does now, she don't remember her children. She don't remember anybody. All she does is get her, get ready to go to church. She put on two, three dresses and go stand at the door. And I say, Ma'am, oh, what you doing? She said, I'm going to the meeting. <laughs> going to the church house. The other night, she got out in the driveway and my cousin Mitch... They had monitors and everything where they could take care of her. Three o'clock in the morning, she had on two dresses and a coat. He said, where are you going, Grandma? She said, right over there. She said, there's Papa. There's Mama. Don't you see him? That's better than cursing God's name, slamming your head in the wall. Advertising Budweiser and going around in the circles real fast in a stupid loud car. Just saying. She's standing out in the driveway. She said, There's the Lord. She said, I'm going to the meeting right there. At ladder, she she got one foot in one world and one foot in the other. That's how you can worship while, while you're a dying, while everything in this world's a Honey, if you let God kill everything in this world, He wants to for you. If you let Him kill you in this world, let this world be dead to you. You, you live in that world before you get there. Amen. Amen. 
You can live in that world before you get there. He had a world he is leaning on. Underline this. He blessed both the sons of Joseph. Underline the word Joseph. He had a word to lean on. He had a world he was leaning on. And underline that word Joseph. And let me say it like this. And I'm, I know y'all are so white. I can't hardly help you. But let's see if you can help me with this. I got to know how much Bible you've been... He had a wonderful son to lean on. Y'all do know that Joseph, that great type of Christ. Greatest, really, if you had to compare the types. He is the most blessed type of Christ in the Old Testament. Amen. Pink, and I know you've got to watch some of his stuff, but the last chapter of his commentary on Genesis. Ninety-nine ways that Joseph is a type of Christ. And Joseph was that beloved son who was sent by his father to his brethren who hated him and, and, and made as if he were dead. And all in year, Jacob thought that that wonderful son was dead. But it come a day he found out that he was not dead. But, and I know you're white, but you're going to have to help me here. He was alive. And when he left the house, he was that he was that submissive son. But the next time he saw him after his revival and resurrection, he was ruling over the land. And Jacob, God gave him those last years with that favored son, that blessed son, and he had a wonderful son to lean on while he's a dying. Bless both the sons of Joseph. Coming there, and that was his heart. And he had a wonderful. And I want to say this: I made a mistake. He had a word to lean on, and so do I. He had another world to lean on, and so do I. That's why I'm enjoying this so good. This is from another world. And he had a wonderful son to lean on, and so do I. If you've had to listen to me preach much, you've probably heard me tell this about that sweet little old Tennessee hillbilly woman that we lived by when Dad pastored in the foothills of the Smokies there in Cleveland. And we'd walk down there, Sam and Della Young, old hillbilly farmers, Tennessee. Sam died. He's a precious old deacon. She was 80-something years old, still mowing the side of that hill with one of them Razor blade and clip mower. I walked up there one day and it was, it was, we were way back in the country. She didn't lock the doors and we didn't knock. I come in that back screen, I was 13 years old. I heard her crying in the kitchen. Sam hadn't been buried but a month or two. I was just dumb and young. I walked right in. Walked right up to her. Pulled me up close to her, and she had one of them little old tape players like Brother Langston. Brother Langston got the most reliable sound system in America. <laughs> it's called to push the button and put the tape in. People across, we got $30,000 systems, and can't that work right. Not Brother Langston. Now, I don't care what's happening. They're going to change the tape when it's time. don't care what's happening. <laughs> I thought he set me down one time, and he was heading for that tape player. All right. She had that little old cassette player, and it was her and Sam singing. She said, the last time we sang in church together, he'll hold to my hand. Someday when I've traveled my last mile here, the call will be coming for me. I'll enter. And I can remember standing in that kitchen. She had, she had string beans hung on a clothesline. Call them leather britches. She had all them cans stuff. Had that little old black, black pot oven. Somebody that's old time tell me what it is. I, I play video games. I don't know anything about old-fashioned stuff. She had that old stove in there. I actually don't. I hate it. Pac-Man never would go right or left for me. I quit in the early 70s. And uh, I remember standing in that kitchen. 
And this is the reason I can't get sucked into this mega church contemporary outfit. I done stood in another world and listened to a saint sing an old song of Zion. You're just not going to hoodwink you can't, you can't You can't snuggle me on it. You're not going to sell me on none of it. I done stood in glory. And I heard an old saint with a song of Zion standing there at the river. Death just had to back off a hundred yards and let Jesus walk on the water. And she sang it. He'll hold my hand as over this river I go. And then safe I'll be in beautiful heaven I know. She said, Sam hadn't said anything in two to three weeks in that hospital, laid there. She said, right when he died, said he just sat up and scared us all to death. Said he sat up, both elbows, and sat up. And said he started singing. And he's singing that song. (laughs) My bark shall sail safely, though the waves dash high for Jesus will be at my side. He'll still the rough waters when by and by I'm crossing that river so wide. And He'll hold. He'll be there. A fellow in Alabama told me what that bark was. My bark shall sail safely. Brother, Kleiner, they said that's the little boat. When the big boat pulls up in the harbor, it's too big to pull all the way up. When they're just letting somebody off. Somebody needs to go to shore. They lower the small boat. And they said the captain would get in it with them to make sure they made it safely through them. Because them waves, that's where the waves crash and that's where you could get hurt. That's where you could die. Brother Trapman, I've been able to watch some of God's dear, precious ones come up in that when <laughs> journey's about over. And that ship pulls up. <laughs> Your grandma may walk around a little while not know anything, but the captain will be in that little boat. Your mama may hurt and she may not be able to do or go anymore. But Jesus will be there. The captain gets in that little boat and said, This is the last look. I'm just going to get you right over there. But this is the hardest part. This is the hardest part. You know an amazing thing? And Brother Sam, Brother David, I've talked to them old ones. Because I know I didn't have no sense. Still don't have any sense. I know and I talked to them old preachers. You know, Brother Richard, every one of them told me something very interesting. bothered me. Every one of them has told me, it don't get no easier, son. I thought when you get old and back there, you can just shout. Your mind don't bother you. Your flesh don't bother you. Your past don't bother you. The devil, the devil knows you're a great saint. He don't bother you. Them old timers, them white hairs, that every one of them have told me, he gives you a bigger fit closer to home than ever. Solid white-haired preacher told me, said, son, it's like a tractor pull. (laughs) He said, you start off throwing dirt and gaining ground when you begin this race. He said, but when that that load, that weight gets closer to the front, (laughs) when that weight gets right on you. So you... The closer you get to the finish line, you can't even, a lot of times you can't even reach it yourself. He said, but they got bulldozers and tractors that'll come out there and hook up to you. <laughs> Pull you across. Isaiah said, we'll mount up with wings as eagles. But you'll come down after a little while and you'll run. There'll come a day you can't run anymore and you'll walk. And then at the very end, you'll just not faint. And then the then the then the heavy duty stuff comes out, the hooks up, 
Come on. I'll just pull you right over there. <laughs> I have a wonderful Savior. And he's going to be there to lean on. You know that meant a lot to Jacob. There was Joseph. That made his whole world live again. Made his, made his life wonderful again. He had a wonderful son to lean on. And then, underline that word worship. By faith, Jacob, when he was at dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. He had a word to lean on. He had a world to lean on. He had a wonderful son to lean on. And, and so do I. I want to say this. He had a worship to lean on. Underline that word and worshiped. Brother Lamath wasn't the first time that he'd worshiped. He had a worship in his system. He had a worship. I hesitate to tell this. It's too sacred. But this is a sacred moment. Didn't do it for y'all. God's give us a good place. Give us blessings we don't deserve. Thank you, Been wanting to put a rock altar on our property. Down by the creek. Brother Richard had been wanting to put a rock altar in there. Just kind of waiting on the Lord to do it. Neighbor up behind me has some big old rocks come down the side of his little mountain. I was going to ask him for them. I was in North Carolina last week, and they took me up to Shubal Stern, Sandy Creek. The first Baptist church started in the south, 1762, I believe. Shubal Stern's come out of that great awakening. Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield. I went and stood over Shubal Stern's grave in the little log church. First Baptist church in the south. When I left out of there, I went right around that little area, and I... I waited. We all left, and I came back. Didn't tell nobody. And I got out there and picked up five stones. Amen. I thought, oh, Shubal Stearns. The man at the first camp meeting in America. First Baptist Church in the South. And I got one for me and one for Jennifer. And I got one for Preston and one for Chloe and one for Kendall. Brought them back. We put them up down there on the creek. And on Easter morning, I took my boy down there and we took some olive oil. Jacob poured that oil on them stones. We poured that oil on that rock altar. And I said, son, we're the men of the family. We've got to dedicate this to God. We'll bring the girls down later and, and pray together as a family. But me and you are the men. Yeah. we got to dedicate this to God. Amen. I've been finding little rock altars wherever I can and I've got them set up across the country in different places, different meetings. Preston and Chloe know what a rock altar is. Thank God. Just get down there and pray. He had a worship to lean on. <laughs> that man had been broken and been bowed. That last one, leaning upon the top of his staff. He had walked with that stick all them years. Now I'll say lastly, and I'll tie it in with that worship. He had a walking stick to lean on. And so do I. I have a tree. Y'all are so white. I'm going to fire all of you. You're all fired. I'm bringing a black choir tomorrow night just so I can. Y'all are all fired. I have a, I have a walking staff to lean on. It's the old rugged cross. Amen. Every time he leaned on that staff and left, it reminded me of that night that God changed him. 
That night that God wrestled with him. That night that God touched him. That night that God broke him. That night that he confessed, I am Jacob. That was where that worship took place. What is thy name? He said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. Well, that little thing's amazing. That night started with God trying to get a hold of him, but it ended up before it was over, he's trying to get a hold of God. Ain't that how it worked with us? God came by to get a hold of us. And now all we do is try to get a hold of him. And he said, I won't let go until you bless me. God said, well, if you want my blessing, we've got a little business we need to take care of. I need a confession about who you are and what you are. Yeah. What is thy name? Last time he'd have been asked that, it was his father. True. And he said, I am Esau. Yeah. Trying to get something that God had already promised to give him. You know what I love about this, brother? Derryberry, which is a very funny last name for a man to have. <laughs> I'll just stick with Tom. That's not funny. It's a little sobering, Tom. It makes you want to calm down, don't it, Tom? Dairyberry. <laughs> makes you want to go to a circus and jump. Dairyberry. You know what I love about that that night? What is that name? And he confessed with a brokenness. I am Jacob. I am that supplanter. I am that heel catcher. I am that trickster. I am that con man. I am Jacob. And about the time he said it, God said, no, no, you're not. Not anymore. Now your name is Israel. You've acted princely tonight. You've acted like royalty tonight. You're not Jacob anymore. You're Israel. And so every time he leaned on that staff, he remembered, that's where God changed my name and God changed my walk and God changed my ways. Running, running, running. I was always running until God took my strength and gave me His. And that's why God takes our strength from us. Because if we had, if we could operate in our strength by the sound, we would. God breaks us so we could live in His strength. And He had that walking staff to lean on. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one too. I have a tree. I have a branch. <laughs> You know, Christ is the branch. That's what I studied this morning. Don't be real impressed. You won't catch me at 4 o'clock every morning studying. <laughs> Your daddy would love that, Sister Kim. He loves that second coming. Your daddy was a friend to me when I didn't have two friends in the world. Nobody knew me. Your daddy was a friend to me. Love that second coming. I studied Zechariah this morning. He's called the branch. Chapter 3 and chapter 6. He's the branch. (laughs) Dear friend of mine, he's about our age, guy. Now I'm over 40. I'm 41 now. Brother David, you're 37. 39, it's starting to show on you. <laughs> Brother Richard, Five. young man. Sam, young squirt, just still up and coming. <laughs> Feel old, don't it? Don't even look at them old men, you'll get so discouraged. <laughs> As a boy our age, grew up like we grew up. His name's Travis Price up in Virginia, pastoring. I'm talking about how to worship while you're dying. He said he's a little boy and his grandmother, same thing, had the Alzheimer's, 
down there at the end of her journey. And said he remembered the grandpa dying. And, I'm, and Brother Travis told me, he said he's standing there. He said, and Grandma did not remember any of us. She didn't remember her children, her grandchildren, nobody. She didn't know anybody. Didn't know her husband when they were burying her. She said, but Brother Mays Jackson walked in the side door. Wow. Stayed in her home. Here come the old man of God. Brother Mays walked. And she said, Brother Mays. Amen. <laughs> See them earthly connections are not as powerful as them eternal connections. Amen. As that ladder business. Yeah. And Travis told me, he said, I was about a ten-year-old boy. He said, it made me mad. She didn't know me. But she knew that preacher. He said, but I grew up and got saved and got called to preach. And he said, that don't make me mad no more. Amen. That's how you worship while you're dying. If you got a tree, a branch to lean on. And honey, I'm leaning on that old rugged cross. What he did on that cross, who he was and what he did on that cross is why we're in here tonight. He shed his blood and gave his perfect spotless life for sinners and for mankind. There's another world I'm leaning on tonight. There's a word I'm leaning on tonight. There's a wonderful son. That's why we have meetings like this. We need to get in a place where you can't see nothing but that ladder. Angels going up and back and forth, the Lord talking. You can can crawl off on up there a little while and get some business and then come on back. (laughs) We need it, don't we? We need it. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Somebody. Yeah. Biblical arguments against the gap theory. I got to start all over. (laughs) The gaps here and here. I checked to see if I kept it under an hour, but now we're just going to start all over. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. I want our musicians to come tonight. Might do us real good to find us a place and just put our face in this carpet. I get the feeling these days more and more that God's people need that connection with glory more than they ever have. And I don't make fun of camp meetings. Some there's some guys man, hey, honey, we need. I need His presence. I need His glory and His touch. I need to get around that ladder and just look up at every once in a while. I want everybody to stand. Won't you find your place? It's just us. Find your place. Put your face in the carpet. Let's ask God to help us this week. Give us some real help this week. You might be here lost without Christ. If you're here without Christ, yet in your sins, He's hung that ladder down in front of you tonight. If you'll come to Christ, it's through faith by grace. It's very simple. You come to Christ with your sins and He'll take you, forgive you, birth you in the family of God. Sing a little for us, Brother David. Let's do business with God.